It's it. What is it? It's issue 40 of Popcast, a.k.a. the TomCast Popcast. And you, sweet listener, are now a pophead. And if you're a new listener, we'd like to welcome you to the show, to your new favorite indie pop culture podcast. And if you're a longtime listener, welcome back and thanks for sticking around. My name is Tom and teaming up with me once again, the unsinkable Roger Smith. Yep, always floating. (laughs) He's so boisterous. And buoyant. Buoyant. That's also the word I was looking for. Probably He both. is Exomega Gold on Twitter and Instagram, which are also very buoyant. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, please show your love and support for this uh, this show by following us along on social media. At TomCast underscore Popcast on Twitter. At the TomCast underscore Popcast on Instagram. And if you're so inclined, you can join Pophead Nation over at patreon.com slash TomCastPopCast. For as little as a dollar, you can make sure that Roger keeps on breathing. Yeah, I'm running out of air, guys. <laughs> We're going to buy him oxygen tanks and stuff like that. He's, <laughs> he's, in a, he's actually in a bubble. Yeah. And we have to pump air into it to keep him going. Yeah, you got a Mega Maid sucking out the air from the top. Ooh, Mega Maid's in the house. <laughs> oh, remember, this is the pop culture podcast that knows what type of detergent Ragman is using to clean up that patchwork costume of his. <laughs> And we'll get to more obscure characters like Ragman later in the show. Very much so. But Roger, you have some uh, some video game movie casting news. Yeah, so we got some uh, some good news recently. Um, it was just announced. Well, we kind of had some inklings uh, from the Mortal Kombat reboot mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. from producer James Wan, um, and it looks like the main cast of characters has been announced. So I kind of just wanted to go through who's going to be who in this uh, hopefully awesome reboot. So we have uh, Joe Taslim from The Raid, if you may have seen that one. Uh, he's playing Sub-Zero. Uh, Ludi Lin is playing Liu Kang. We have Jessica McNamee from The Meg as Sonya Blade. Was she the shark? Uh, she, you know, she might have been. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, we have Josh Lawson as Kano. And uh, I'm going to butcher this. Tadanobu Asano from Thor Ragnarok, as you may remember. Uh, He's going to be Raiden. Well, I remember the movie. I don't know if I remember him in the movie. (laughs) You'll probably remember him if you see his face. Okay, right on. We have uh, Makad Brooks as Major Jackson Bridge. Wait, Makad Brooks, he's on Supergirl. Yeah. I do know that name. (laughs) Yeah. So he's going to be Jax. He's uh, Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. Yeah, so that's that's one that you may know. Will he be uh, steel-armed or or not steel-armed? You know... (laughs) That's a good question. <laughs> Will we see him de-armed and, and augmented with steel arms? Hopefully. Ooh, Hopefully. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I like it. We have uh, Max Huang as Kung Lao. Max Wang? That's a good name. That is... <laughs> I think he's missing his calling, but uh, yeah, that's quite a name. Uh, we have Sissy Stringer as Melina. And Chin Han as... Sh- um, sorry, what is that? Okay, they did a double on the list I'm reading. We have Chin Han <laughs> as Shang Tsung. Chin Han is, um, you may remember, from the uh, the Dark Knight, the shady Chinese crime lord. That, oh, the uh, accountant guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's so, very uh, good with numbers, I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he's going to be Shang Tsung. And uh, Hiroyuki Sanada as Scorpion. He was... Uh, He's kind of just like one of the generic Japanese badass characters and everything. I believe he was in The Last Samurai. Uh, he was, I think he was the uh, Yakuza guy in Endgame. 
that uh, Ronan kills in the streets. Nice. So nice. That's that's a good cast, in my opinion. Oh, I think I, I think I may know who you're referring to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of just he always plays like the you know samurai Japanese badass guy, you know. So he he nails that character. So I think he's going to be great for it. I, I I I'm of that news. Yeah. <laughs> I think I really wish that uh, Max Wang was the director, so that it, when it, when the p- picture starts, it could say a Max Wang picture or a Max Wang production even. Yeah, I think that would uh, get you some extra tickets. <laughs> People sure. might be confused when maybe they're watching for a little bit, but... This is true. I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. You'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, the fatalities give it away. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, honestly, with uh, with James Wan at top, uh, you know, doing some uh, producing on this, I think if it's at least as fun as Aquaman was, I think we're going to be in for a good movie. Yeah, I sure hope so. It'd be nice to see... Uh, Mortal Kombat get a little bit of its limelight back. I mean, I don't know if it'll ever be quite the the pop culture phenomenon that it was like in the late '90s, early 2000s. But True. but you know, I mean, everything is kind of everything from that era is starting to kind of recapture its glory. So yeah, it's kind of coming back full circle, mm-hmm. and uh, at the very least, it will be better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oof. Well. The best thing Mortal Kombat Annihilation had going for was that was a pretty kick-ass soundtrack. <laughs> That's about all it had going <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think you're right. Oh, man. Roger, uh, we forgot to introduce the lovely beer we were having. Yes. This Freshly acquired from our friends at Ale Tales and yeah. Linda Vista. Just stopped by there on the way here. I'm like, let's get us something good for the show. So we are doing the Fest beer from Three Weavers Brewing Co. Three Weavers out of the uh, Los Angeles area. Inglewood. And, uh, yeah. Inglewood, always up to no good. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this is a really good one. I'm trying to find... Okay, so it's it's a 5%er. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's a fest beer, so it's it's pretty true to style, you know. Um, can't complain. We've been doing a lot of fest beers on the show, if you guys haven't noticed. I've been doing a lot of fest beers in life yeah. right now. This is like... Uh, <laughs> It's 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 like pre Christmas with with all the fest beers later in this house. This is true. It's about that time. So uh, yeah, this is a this is a really good one. I'm really enjoying it. How are you liking it? I'm enjoying it quite a bit. As as I alluded to, um, I, I I really do enjoy this style. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't. I don't know if I I haven't. I don't think I've had the opportunity to kind of dive into these on on the on the beer night show. Yeah. But this this time of year. I mean, just just like the way the calendar falls. I mean, mm-hmm. this time of year starts to go really, really fast. Yeah, it really as, does. As as we ramp up for the holidays, mm-hmm. and I feel like the beer schedule is is step by step with that calendar. Yeah, you know, we have uh, the Oktoberfest beers are here, so mm-hmm. it's it's fest season, it's Marzins. Yeah, you know, before we know it, it's gonna be wet hop season, Ooh. and then that leads right into the, the Christmas ales. Mm-hmm. You know, C- uh, Sierra Nevada celebration will be here soon. The all the awesome Belgian Christmas beers that I enjoy so much will be here yeah. soon. I mean, it's we. We, the year's crescendoed. Yeah, it's, it's we're on that downhill slope right now, and we're picking yeah. up speed, baby. Yep, it's gonna be twenty twenty before we know it. We're gonna be sledding down the hill. Oh, <laughs> we'll get your waterproof pants on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so for multiple reasons, you're gonna need them. <laughs> Roger, had you heard about this thing they do with the internet called streaming? Streaming. Are you familiar with this? Uh, it has nothing to do with fly fishing. No. No. Not, not not waiting in a stream? No, it's when you download content and watch it as it downloads. What? Is that even possible? What year is this? <laughs> not 2020. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a thing. Streaming's here and it's not going anywhere and everyone wants to get on the stream train. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I can't believe I just said that out loud. <laughs> That's a thing. That's a thing. And so the latest, latest the Megacorp yep. to announce their streaming platform is, uh, is NBC, right. the national broadcast company, home of Saturday Night Live and various things of that nature. And a peacock. And that's their symbol, and that is the name of the platform, wow. Peacock. So now you get to say Peacock whenever you want. And you'd be like, oh, I'm just talking about a platform or yeah. a bird at the zoo. This is true. But uh, in case you don't know some of the nitty-gritty, now NBC just announced this earlier in the week. They haven't announced any pricing plans yet, okay. but they did announce that it's launching uh, in the spring of 2020. And uh-huh. you may have heard in, in the bushes that a lot of your favorite shows that you watch on Netflix are going to go away. And a lot of those are NBC shows. So uh, The Office, Parks and Rec, I think Friends is part of that. Mm. All these shows are going to be leaving Netflix, the streaming, the streaming platform that everybody seems to have. <laughs> yeah. And they're now going to be on this Peacock service pretty much exclusively. Hmm. Now, what's interesting, that, that's, that kind of sucks because I love Netflix and I love watching yeah. reruns of my old favorite shows. Now, there's still some question as to whether some shows will be on Netflix and Peacock. Like, no one really mm-hmm. knows what's going on with, like, Cheers and Frasier, stuff like that. It's true. Um, but they don't want you just to get this app so you can watch reruns. Mm-hmm. They're doing new programs, too. So they're, they're kind of taking that CBS model, you know? You know how CBS used uh, their platform to kind of relaunch Star Trek shows yeah. and get people to come to the service. Like, it's like, hey, we got Star Trek, <laughs> but it's only on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, NBC is going to be doing something similar. And they are planning on a reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Really? That is in the works. It is from the, the producer-creator of Mr. Robot, hmm. which I wonder if that means the show will be really annoying and condescending. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> That's my two cents on Mr. Robot. <laughs> uh, but So they have the Galactic reboot. They're also going to do a new, a new Save by the Bell with... Uh, AC Slater's coming back in the in the what's her name, the one who was on striptease, Elizabeth Berkeley. Thank ah, you very yes. much. Okay, yeah. <laughs> totally so knew that. They'll be back, and they're going to do a new version of Save by Bell, Save by the Bell that'll be on the app. And there's rumors of a new rebooted Office as huh. well in the app. Plus, there's a bunch of unnamed shows from uh, popular NBC creators, the guys who've done The Good Place and, and, mm. and things of that nature. So there's a lot of things in the works here. We don't have a, we have a lot of details, but there's still a lot more details we don't have. Yeah. The, the main thing I wanted to focus on because we are um, uh, uh, nerd centric here is Battlestar Galactica reboot. Yeah. This show's not that old. That's true. I, I mean, how many years old is it now? I I guess tenish. Ten. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's about the time it takes to reboot nowadays. <laughs> but but what do you do with a Battlestar reboot? I don't know. I mean, if anything, Starbucks is more popular than ever. So. <laughs> I, were, you, were you a fan of, of the the Ronald Ronald Moore version of Battlestar Galactica that was on that was on Sci Fi Channel for four or five seasons? You know, I I caught it here and there, but I I never really jumped on board with okay. it. I I think I was like in between having Sci Fi Channel and not, you know. Sure. So well, I was, I was telling a friend of mine, uh, this, you know, I go through fits and starts with the Sci Fi Channel where I'm usually. More often than not, I'm usually just angry with them for canceling something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what and they do like, best. I don't care what they do. They just cancel everything anyways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but that show, they actually gave it some legs and let it do its thing. And, and the show was, was critically hailed and, mm-hmm. and, and, and popular with audiences as well. Yeah. And it was a complex show. A lot going on, lots of moving parts. Um, 
but it was very different than the the Galactica that I grew up watching. Yeah, the original. Yeah, and I when I say grew up watching, I did not watch it when it was on. I was a little no. too young for that, <laughs> but I did see it in reruns growing up and stuff like that. And and you know, it was a lot more. I I don't want to say campy necessarily, mm-hmm. but it was you know it was like sci fi cheesy stuff. You know, it was in the that Buck Rogers vein of like, we're going to pretend it's really dramatic, but it's just like, we have talking toaster ovens flying spaceships. (laughs) As dramatic as that can be. Yeah. 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 And you know, the new Battlestar was very, very, very adult, very Mm -hmm. sophisticated with its storytelling. Yeah. Uh, Though in a lot of ways, I kind of, I I love comparing it to Lost because there's a lot of like plot points and stuff like that, that they don't really bother to deal with. It's like, yeah, we'll figure it out later. Like like, one of the, my, my, my favorite one is, in the opening credits of Battlestar Galactica, they're like, oh, the Cylons, blah, blah, blah. It's like something, something dramatic, dramatic, dramatic. And it's like, and they have a plan. Mm-hmm. Except by like the second episode, you're like, I don't think they have a plan. Yeah. It's like, this isn't the actions <laughs> of a, someone who has a plan. And and I think uh, I think a few years ago, Ronald Moore came out and was like, yeah, there was never a plan. I just <laughs> thought that sounded really cool. I mean, it did, to be fair. <laughs> you got the point across. But eventually, I, w- I was a little reluctant. To that, to get into that show because it was so serious and so very, very different. I was like, I don't know sure. if I want to watch like you know, bitchy starfighter pilots with each other. <laughs> but it, yeah. it it grew on me, and mm-hmm. I did really enjoy it. I don't know what they'll do with the reboot. Like what 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 new avenue can we explore here? I mean, we we, we dealt a lot with with uh with AI mm-hmm. intelligence. What is the definition of life? Things things like that. Sure. You know yeah. and. I don't know what else is left to explore, but and I guess um, I think the guys, the the creator of Mr. Robot is a uh, Sam Ishmael. As mm-hmm. as man, I'm close, but I, I mean, I'd be 100 percent right. All right, as male, as male, not Ishmael. This is not Moby Dick. <laughs> um, so that, I guess that's my biggest concern. I, I guess I'm curious, mm-hmm. but they haven't really, at least for me, mm-hmm. I have not been provided with the spark. <laughs> the all spark, if you will, yes, for Transformers fans, um, <laughs> to to get this app, to get this service. Yeah, you're yeah. not, you're not. Okay, you're taking away my reruns off Netflix, but <laughs> there's plenty more I can watch. It's true. <laughs> yeah, that kind of seems to be the way. I, I don't know. I don't know the the next generation of streaming culture how that's going to be because I feel like you know we had it at its prime, like early Netflix days when you were still getting, you know, your DVDs in the mail and everything was on Netflix that you couldn't get, you know, anywhere else. And now it's slowly becoming, oh, well, everybody wants a piece of that cake too, you know? They're, oh, sure. They're all, you know, putting in there. So now you've got all the megacorps basically getting a piece of this. And now it's kind of like, well, eventually it's just going to get to the point where we're basically paying for cable again, you know? Yeah, we... Uh, that conversation happens in this household quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have good answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> because, you can only choose so many. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I tend to choose the ones that I know are and have the content that I want so far. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we have, we're have we going to end up having, especially by the end of the year, once Disney Plus launches, mm-hmm. we will have more than we need. Yeah. <laughs> And the only reason why I have kept HBO this long is because I really want to watch Watchmen when it debuts yeah, next month. Yeah. And, but I may I may get into a, a a routine with HBO where I just you know, I just cancel it when shows aren't on that I want to watch. Sure. And then and, just bring it back. And I think that's kind of going to be where things go. 
but they're doing their new thing too, where it's going to, you know, the, the DC Universe and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers and HBO are going to do like that super mega bundle platform. Yeah, and I got to look into that. Too. Got, yeah, so I mean, how much is that going to cost? <laughs> HBO's, HBO alone is already 15 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't remember the monthly plan for DC. I think it went down. Well, I'm not sure if they've announced details yet because I, I think the it's only assumed that mm-hmm. the DC universe is going to get folded into that. No one really knows for sure. That's true. Yeah, we we don't have any concrete facts on that. But one, but so. but like you said, I mean, how many how many streaming platforms do we need? Yeah, it's just it's going to get to a point where it just becomes unmanageable. You know, you're just going to be like every month, okay. What's on what platform this month? You're going to need to go to like a, a website or something where it's like, okay, these are all the new things coming out this month. You're going to want to subscribe to these if you want to see this and cancel your plan for the month on this, this, and this. Yeah. You know? I mean, is this ultimately the death of cable down the road, you think? I mean, probably. Uh, I think that's definitely the way it's going, especially with internet speeds supposedly becoming faster everywhere. You know, having... I think that's a lie. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> entirely true. That's, that's what they like keep ur- that's, us. that's like the latest urban myth yeah. is that the internet is getting faster. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know about that. I've been in plenty of places where it's not, but I mean, it, it's gotta be going to, towards that direction because I can't imagine they'd be competing against themselves. You well, know? it definitely seems like, like cable companies, like, like, uh, here in San Diego, it's spectrum and time. No spectrum is time Warner. So mm-hmm. it's spectrum and Cox. And, Cox, and yeah. I think, AT&T is still here. Um, True. Now, for the last few years, it does seem like these companies have started shifting their focus more to internet providers. Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing that's going to make them, let them, allow them to survive in this new streaming platform age where all these mega companies that own these shows are taking them back to make their own streaming platform we have to pay for and subscribe to. Yeah. I think the only way cable's going to survive is if they start giving you the cable. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like they're going to charge you a lot for some internet bundle, but they'll throw in TV on top of it. Like, here, and now you can have, like, these local channels and, you know, whatever yeah. basic package they want to give you. Yeah, it just seems like more and more people are trying to cut the cable, you know, now more than ever. Because, well, I, yeah. But I don't know if you can, really. I mean, because yeah. it was one thing when you were cutting the cable and you were watching a bunch of stuff off, off the antennas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I think the sheer volume of content that's going to be available online yeah. is at least forcing you to go back to Cox or, or Spectrum or AT&T and be like, well, I, I, need, I still need the internet from you guys. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was the other thing, too. I never really understood cutting the cable because I don't think these people were getting rid of the internet. <laughs> no. They're just getting rid of the cable part of their, their, their package. Yes, yes, the coaxial cable is still there. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, cutting the cable, you know, bit of a stretch. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an interesting time. I, I, I'm, we're only speculating. We, we, yeah. we, are, we don't work for the cable company. Nope. We don't work for Peacock. <laughs> Peacock. <laughs> we, we, we don't work for Netflix. We don't work for HBO. We don't work for CBS All Access. We, you know, we have no insight. Yeah, we it's don't know just, it's, it, But it's a curious time. You know, like you said, I mean, a lot of these platforms got popular because people wanted to ditch cable because mm-hmm. cable companies are charging like 80 bucks. Yeah. It's like, get, like, get the fuck out of here. I can get Netflix for 10 Exactly. And, you know, in college, it was like all I had was like Netflix and Hulu I and, you know, basic over the air. No, and, and Netflix seems kind of cool because they seem okay with you sharing your login and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're, they're like, kind of like, uh, like the rebels. Yeah. <laughs> no, they seem cool with it. Like, I mean, Janine, okay, Janine and I share an account, but she mm-hmm. has her own login too, so she can watch her nonsense and I don't get it recommended on my, on my show, on my yeah, profile. Yeah. And then... My mom has access to it, and she has her own profile on there. And then my mother-in-law has one in Phoenix when she wants to watch something. <laughs> and like Netflix is like, yeah, do it. That's cool. Yeah, that's okay. 
<laughs> but it's you know one of the things we read about Disney Plus is they're they're trying to figure out a way to do, to prevent that to not do that. Yeah, and I, I can see that they're definitely gonna grip their dollars as tight as they can. So. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it, I feel like I feel like Netflix is playing things like they've been kind of close to the chest, mm-hmm. but I think they got big plans happening. I think they have to at this point. Yeah, I don't There's know. Too much competition otherwise. Well, they're gonna have to do something. I mean, obviously they they've been cranking stuff out for for a while now, but mm-hmm. and. and that doesn't seem to be stopping. Yeah. They're, they're going to have plenty of original shows and original movies. Yeah. Um, and they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting times, Roger. Interesting yeah. times. Times, they are a-changing. So other than that, we know nothing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, and by the way, the a new version of The Office is a terrible idea. Please, God, don't do that. <clears throat> yeah, there's no need. Mm-mm. No thanks. <laughs> uh, in DC news, Roger, there's a DC movie coming out. Is there? There is. And I, it's it's so funny because I feel like we've heard way more about Wonder Woman. It's coming out way later mm-hmm. next year. But there's a movie in between. Yeah. And it's Birds of Prey. Yes. A, I'm assuming, semi-sequel to Suicide Squad in that Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. uh, played by Margot Robbie, is, is reprising her role. Yeah. And her look mm-hmm. from Suicide Squad. And, and a new cast of characters will join her. They've released a poster. Yeah. It's colorful and fun. <laughs> it's a very fun-looking poster, for sure. You know, it, it's it's Harley. She's kind of. We this is this is not a visual medium podcasting, so I feel stupid sitting here describing the poster to you guys. But check it out. It's Harley. She's all kind of like done up in her her her, her makeup, mm-hmm. and she's looking very medicated, perhaps. Yeah, a little quizzical there. Yeah, maybe maybe she got hit in the head with like a wily e. coyote mallet, and now she's <laughs> instead of seeing little birdies, she's seeing other. DC characters running around her. Yeah, head. they're all just floating around, yeah. fighting each other. Yeah, you know, hun- the Huntress and uh, yeah. Black Canary and, and, all, and all those. Yeah, yeah. So that's out there and that exists. Yeah, and, and that movie's coming soon. Yeah, that's all. Pretty much all we know about it, right? I, I, there's got to be a trailer coming soon, right? There has to. I mean, I mean the movie's mean, releasing in February of next year. Yeah, that's relatively close. It is September of this year. Mm-hmm. That's not that much time. No, no, you got less. Than Where's half the hype train at? Yeah, you'd think they'd already be pushing it out at this point, but. I don't know. No, it's got to be soon. I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe maybe you get that in a couple weeks when Joker drops. That might be a good time to push it, actually. Yeah. I, I, even though the things are not connected, but they'll, they'll want that audience to see that trailer, I would suspect. Yeah, I think they're going to ride the hype for it. Because even if you see on the poster, you know, it's talking about, you know, it says Birds of Prey and kind of just like in Harley's handwriting and the emancipation of Harley Quinn or something like that. <laughs> so they're definitely trying to like, you know, push that uh, Harley Quinn is her own character separated from the Joker. But it would kind of be interesting to see, like, riding the curtails of, uh, you know, the Joker movie. And, you know, that's going to be a success just, you know, off the bat and kind of just following, okay, this is kind of related, but it's its own thing. It's funny that you said off the bat since they're from the Batman comics. (laughs) And Harley has a baseball bat. (laughs) Oh, man, the wordplay here is alive. Yeah. (laughs) Also, with that movie, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, Ewan McGregor uh, as a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, playing Black Mask. That'll be fun. Have we seen him play a bad guy before? I think we've seen him play v- characters with darker intents, but I'm not sure if he's been an outright villain. I'm, I'm drawing no, a bit of a blank. So. No, he's always been a, a noble soul for the yeah, most well, part. I mean, not always noble, but yeah, I mean, he's relatively been on the right side of things. Well, yeah. I mean, he was a junkie. I don't know if that's really, like, your hero. Though he was the character we followed. Yeah. And he was Obi-Wan. So that kind of just overshadows everything. That's a reminder. I have not seen Spotting 2 yet. Maybe I should get on that. <laughs> See Men Who Stare at Goats? 
Oh no, I haven't. That one was that was pretty good. That's that the Clooney, a, right? Clooney, yeah. That was that's that's worth a watch. Somehow that's I forgot fun. about that one. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Maybe it's streaming somewhere. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, Roger, I got shocking news for you. Shocking. Shocking. Like people might fall out of their chairs or off the treadmill or whatever you're doing while you listen to the show. Hang on to whatever you're doing. The Amazon produced series, Lord of the Rings, will film. In New Zealand. What? How'd that happen? <laughs> Craziness. For anyone who's not in the know, <laughs> the Peter Jackson uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy and, the, and mm. the Hobbit trilogy films, yeah, they're, they're all filmed in New Zealand. So that's definitely <laughs> the look of Middle Earth yeah. that the majority of everyone in the world knows. <laughs> so it does make a certain amount of sense that you go back to New Zealand and kind of establish that world again there. Yeah, it is kind of iconic at this point. And I mean, Lord of the Rings pretty much put New Zealand on the map, you know, just... Well, uh, it's always been on a map, Roger. I would argue with you on that. The uh, the literal <laughs> map, yes, but the uh, cool people map. <laughs> oh, the cool people map. Yeah. I've yet to see the cool people map. I'm not that cool. Few people are privy. <laughs> Apparently Roger is. If you guys want to see the cool people map, find Roger on Instagram and Twitter at Gold. It's got shades and everything. Ooh, it's probably <laughs> even a compass in the corner. I hope so. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um... These last little things I wanted to talk about, mm. they're kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> we like weird. Weird is good. I'm a big fan of, of, of Harrison Ford films. I, yes. I think, I, think it's, I speak for a lot of people when I say that, that we enjoy the Harrison Ford. He had a few pretty good ones. And one of, one of my favorites, I think one of a lot of people's favorites, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily genre-related, related, Yeah, is him as Dr. Richard Kimball, <laughs> The Fugitive. And the words come down that they're going to remake, do, do a remake. Hmm. Now, granted, that movie's based on a TV show from, like, the 60s or 70s or whatever. So, I mean, it's not like that was, like, original, per sure. se. But it is interesting to know that they're doing this again. Hmm. What's old is new yet again. Yeah. Uh, this time around, it's going to be starring uh, Kiefer Sutherland, possibly as Dr. Richard Kimball, or at least some Dr. Richard Kimball variant. <laughs> and uh, the only other casting we know is Boyd Holbrook, who we last saw in the uh, atrocious Predator movie that we tried to like really, really hard on the show. And I think yeah. ultimately we decided, yeah, that wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> we tried really hard to like We that tried one. really hard to find the positives in that pile of shit. And <laughs> <laughs> just the more I looked at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really polished. I think a couple turn. shows later, we're just like, oh, yeah, we can't even talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, like, we gave it all we got. It's like, that might be like the, the missing episode of the show where we're like, oh. <laughs> Because we were really trying to spin that one. Like, it's not that bad. Yeah. It kind of was. Sorry, folks. Oh, well, you can't win them all. No. We learned a valuable lesson, too. (laughs) Like, you you, you can only polish a turd so much. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So that's interesting news. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. It's it's definitely got some star power to it. I'm a Mm -hmm. big fan of Kiefer. You know, he likes to run a lot. He's kind of like a an older... Well, is he older than Tom Cruise? I don't know. He enjoys running like Tom Cruise does. Either way, that's why they're in good shape. <laughs> and then uh, another bit of news that I thought was kind of hilarious. Rumors abound yesterday that there would be a remake, that, or that there was uh, whispers and, and like, ooh, we want to do this. Can we do this? Are we allowed to do this? Is this a thing? <laughs> that, that people wanted to remake The Princess Bride. Interesting. I hadn't and heard that. The internet went on fire as it does as it's known to do uh but basically this is just these are just whispers there is rumors there's no truth to them uh, but it was funny to hear 
uh, cast members from the movie come out and say, this is a terrible idea. Please don't do this. Uh, <laughs> Carrie the- Elwes in particular <laughs> went out of his way on, on social media to be like, this is, please don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I don't even think the movie works in like modern day, uh, I don't know, atmosphere, culture. I mean, the whole thing was basically like based off like the grandpa reading, you know, the grandson, a story. And I just feel like, I don't know, that that was kind of a older kind of trope, I guess. I don't know. What if Deadpool reads it to Fred Savage tied to a bed? Well, that would definitely uh, strike some nostalgia vibes for me. Because, <laughs> you know, it was interesting that that was the framing device they used for the Deadpool PG-13 mm-hmm. version. That's yeah. like, we're going to do like the Princess Bride thing. Yeah, that was, was an interesting, interesting take. <laughs> um I don't know. I, th- I still think the movie would play, um, but I don't. I, like I said, I, people are are. This is one of those movies that people are really precious about, and I don't blame them. I'm a big fan. This is a movie that um, when when I was a kid, I was like, my I think I forget how we we ended up watching this. Mm-hmm. Either my brother rented it, or like my mom got it by accident, or something like that. And yeah. I was like, this is gonna be dumb. Yeah, the Princess right. Bride. What a bunch of crap. Yep. Oh, that was thrown out of the window about five minutes into that, that movie. <laughs> Fell in love with it almost instantly. Yeah, it was too good. It's too good. It's, it's infinitely it's so quotable, good. you know. Yeah. Just Andre the Giant yeah. killing it. Inconceivable. <laughs> so many good lines. You keep saying that word. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, the oh, it's fantastic. Infinitely quotable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been. I, um, uh, Carrie always wrote wrote a a book about the the making of that film mm-hmm. and his you know from his point of view basically. Cool. Uh, and it's really, really fun and enjoyable. Just like the way the movie is, it's just a, a cute and charming <laughs> read to kind of see how it all kind of came together. Yeah. Um, I don't have the name of that book off t- off the top of my head, but I will get it for you later. Yeah, that sounds like a good read. And share it with the audience too. I'm not just talking to Roger right now. I will share it later when I have the actual name of it. Or you can just go on the Amazons and type in Carrie Elway's books. That's and true. It'll probably pop up right away. Yeah. Very good read. Nice. Roger, I I got a little bit of comic book news. All right. I've been reading things. Cool. <laughs> you know, intermittently. But I got a little curious. A friend of mine had recommended the latest X-Men reboot for Marvel Comics. Okay. I've been mad at the X-Men for a long time. <laughs> I think a lot of people have. Roughly 15-ish years. <laughs> where I've just, I just, someone talks to me about the X-Men and like my eyes glaze over and and my brain tries to leak out of my ear a little bit. Start turning a little green. Yeah, I've just <laughs> had enough. I had had enough of the X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. They had just worn me ragged for far too long. I, I loved them when I was younger. Yeah. And then they, they kind of like crossed the line at some point. I'm not quite sure when that was. I'd have to look, go back and examine. I think it's probably shortly after Grant Morrison finished his run, run with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, like yeah, you know what? I think I'm kind of done. Yeah. Because I'm just angry when I read these comics. <laughs> but some friends had recommended I try these this new reboot. Not necessarily a reboot, mm-hmm. but a new direction, a new starting, jumping on point for readers to, okay. to get back into the world of the X-Men. Now, this is it. I'm going to tell you this, and it's going to sound weird. Okay. It's two comics by one writer that actually should belong together in one book <laughs> because <laughs> you're reading two series that tie in together step for step and you have to read one after the other, you know, at intervals. Interesting. So it's, it's written by Jonathan Hickman, who is a fantastic writer and one of the best world builders in comic books right now. Mm-hmm. He's doing two books 
One's House of X, and the other is Powers of X, or Power of X. Okay. But like I said, you have to read you you read the first issue of House of X, and then you have to read Power of X number one, and okay. then go back to House of X for number two, Power of X number two. So okay. I don't know why they didn't just make it one book, except for the fact that they split it up so they can make more cash. This is true. But that said, I've read the first <laughs> two issues of each book. Mm-hmm. It is interesting thus far. I will keep you posted. Okay. It is a six-issue miniseries. Each of these books is six issues long. Okay. Uh, they've reached issue four. So I'm going to keep you posted if I come back to the X-Men fold after reading this miniseries. But so far it's looking positive? There's some interesting things in there. Okay. But there's also some things where I'm just like, all right, this is very x men <laughs> You know? And we'll see. All right. We will see. Now, the other bit of news is also, I have, I'm sorry, the other bit of news that I also have is from Marvel Comics as well. Okay. And this is personally exciting to me. Yeah. And possibly nobody else. <laughs> okay. They're bringing back the 2099 comics. Oh, Marvel 2099 is back, baby. <laughs> Starting into November and going into December, Marvel 29, 2099 is going to be in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man, and there's going to spin out, and there's going to be... There's going to be a Punisher 2099 and Ghost Rider 2099 and Spider-Man 2099. Conan 2099. <laughs> They're going nuts. That's it's going to be fucking awesome. Wow. When's the last time they had that series? Spider-Man 2099 pops up now and then and kind of gets a little bit of a, a little bit of a love fest for a couple of years and then he kind of has to go away for a little bit. Sure. Uh, but the, the main comic books of 2099 when the, when those were being published on the reg god i'm not sure they made it out of the 90s yeah i don't think so yeah i, th- I think they were done by the end of the 90s uh and like i said there there have been a little hits of mm. them here and there you know <laughs> somebody will try to do something with them for a little bit and then it doesn't really pan out yeah but this looks like they're going back to the back to the um original recipe hmm. because they're also bringing back the Doom 2099 character, okay. and that is Doctor Doom, for anybody paying the attention. Doom. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm ecstatic about this. It looks like Marvel's kind of going all in on bringing back the 2099 universe. Interesting. Uh, like I said, those are launched. They're they're going to the big event debuts in November, but I think they're going to tease it a bit in in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man in October. <laughs> I will keep you posted on that because. I'm a big dork, and I love Amazing <laughs> Spider. I love I love Spider Man 2099. Yeah, with a fiery passion. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's kind of it for the news today. Yeah. Feeling pretty good about that. I think so. I think we hit the major points. Should we wrap up the show? You know, I think we could do a little more. I think you're right. <laughs> we have something special planned for everybody who's made it this far in the show. Uh, based off of, of a based off a conversation I had with one of our wonderful <laughs> wonderful awesome supporters. Yes. Uh, he wanted me to talk about some some rumors that have been circulating on the internet about about potential Doctor Doom castings, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, rumors are dumb unless I get to make fun of them." <laughs> this is true. But it got the ball rolling, mm-hmm. and so we settled on, and I pitched to you, and you you jumped on it lovingly, yes, with much enthusiasm, <laughs> that you and I were going to come up with our list. You have DC, mm-hmm. I have Marvel. We're picking five heroes, five villains that have never been on TV or movies. 
Yes. Live action. Live action, yes. Animation doesn't count because that would disqualify everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's been there. So. Yeah, everyone's seen that and, and been a part of that. Sure. So we have our lists. <laughs> I think we're ready to share them. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I have some concerns. I have a couple of areas that I'm like, mm, okay, I don't know about this one, but you know, we'll try it. Yeah, I think I think I got a couple of those too. You know, so. there's a, there's a few that I may be like, Roger, is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> do you agree th- with me on the? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how you want to do this, but I was thinking maybe we'd start with 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 baddies. Okay, sure. And maybe should we alternate? Yeah. Or do you want to just go one through your list? Let's, uh, hmm. We can, we can go through the list. That right. way we'll kind of get, you know, villains, villains, heroes, heroes. Okay. So you'll start with your villains and you'll start from five up to one. Or did yeah. you not, are they, are they kind of like not ranked? Uh, they're not like super ranked, but I, they're a little ranked. Okay. They're a little <laughs> ranked. I like it. Yes. All right. So your number five villain for the DC universe that you want to see brought to life is... I'm going to draft Darkseid. <laughs> right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. I mean... Fucking Babe Ruth right yeah. there. <laughs> this, was a, this was an easy call. It's, he's a character that, you know, definitely had we seen the uh, DCEU go in the way that they intended, probably would have been possibly out by now. You know? Or possibly should have been yeah. at the beginning. Possibly. A- according to, yeah, rumors and uh, what we have heard but yeah no definitely dark side is a character he is like you know the big bad of the dc universe you know one of the most powerful villains in the whole you know universe and we haven't seen him yet you know we've seen we've seen a lot of bad guys but we have not seen dark side so i i felt like that that was an obvious choice yeah i agree i agree and you know we we talked a little bit about it before the show started but you know, obviously, he wasn't in Justice League. He's just alluded to. Yeah. And then we we haven't had to think back to when uh, Darkseid was coming in Smallville. And you never yeah. actually see him. Nope. So Roger has uh, <laughs> played the game well. Yeah, I found, <laughs> I found the first victory there. Got a nice little loophole there. Yeah, yeah, so that one was good. All right, what do you have for number four? Number four is uh, definitely a more recent one. I went with the Batman Who Laughs from the... Uh, Dark Knight Metal series. Oh my! Yeah, that is a scary looking Batman. Yeah, that is that is a creepy, creepy version of Batman. It's basically Batman mixed with Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, that is a really good way to look at that. A yeah. good comparison there. You're right. So I mean, uh, if if any of you out there have read the uh, the origin story of the Batman who laughs, it's really brutal. Like he just gets infected with a Joker toxin as the Joker dies in his universe, and he pretty much just slowly starts turning and, you know, there's like a scene where he calls in like the whole family, you know, the whole bat family. And he's like telling everyone, you know, I think I've been infected. I don't know if I have much time before I turn and everyone's like, Oh, well like, do you need us to help? He's like, no, I just needed you guys here. And he kills them all. <laughs> and it's just like insane that you just like, you know, jaw dropping moment. So that would be a crazy one to see live action. I agree. I agree. And uh, moving on to number three, this one, uh, a little, a little cheating because it's not one person. Oh, okay. but okay, it wouldn't work if it weren't all of them, and that is the crime syndicate. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't have any one member of the crime syndicate without the others. Yeah, that'd be get like um, 
Like doing like the the Royal Flush Gang with just yeah. like you know the king. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like not just me. The others are on break. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> so yeah, Crime Syndicate. I think that'd be cool just to have like you know the actual one to one opposition for each member of the Justice League. Uh, I think all the stories that they've been in have always been really interesting, and just to see them juxtapose, you know, each of their counterparts together, that that's always been some fun. And we're, and we're doing Crime Syndicate like straight from Earth Two, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Was it Earth Two or Earth Three? I thought it was two. I can't remember. I can. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, not the Earth. <laughs> Part of the multiverse. Yeah, they're in there. Sure. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Number two, one that we you know haven't seen much of. I think maybe other than the actual movie, is the Phantasm Ooh. from Mask of the Phantasm. I think that whole story arc would be great to see adapted into live action. Well, that's that's really cool that you say that because you know <coughs> that ca- that character is making their way into into the, into the comic book. Yeah. Very shortly. Yeah. So I thought that was that was a really cool one that I would really love to see because I remember when I first saw that movie. If you haven't seen that movie, watch it. Um, so slight spoilers, you know, there's there's definitely a huge twist in that one where you're like, what? <laughs> like, you know, maybe as a kid, I didn't see it coming. I think if I would have watched it now for the first time, I'd be like, okay, that's probably where it's going. Right, right, But I right. still think it was a really solid twist where you're just like, wow, like this just like ruined said, everything. Especially at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think a lot of kids, you know, were, were paying that much attention to it and, and thinking in that regard no yeah kind of as a kid you know this comes out of left field because you're you're seeing you know like as a small spoiler you're seeing bruce find a love interest and then you see something happen towards the end of that movie where it just takes that all out you know and he just goes back to being his lonely self right on right (laughs) on and the number one villain i'd like to see is talon from court of the owls the Lincoln March character. Interesting. Yeah, that one, I mean, that whole Court of the Owls, I have a little soft spot for it because that's really where I got into reading the Batman comics. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one where I jumped on and was like, all right, I'm going to get this from issue one to, you know, wherever I end up. <laughs> and yeah, so I started with issue one, New 52, hopped on board there, and that whole Court of the Owls saga was just amazing. And I just think the Lincoln March character, you know, the supposed brother, long lost brother of Bruce Wayne, you know. Yeah, that was that was interesting, right? Yeah, because it's never confirmed or denied. He, yeah, he claims it to be true, but we don't know if he's just delusional or. You know, I think that I, I I remember reading the comic and I kind of butted up against that a little bit because mm-hmm. there was there was a stretch where pre uh, New Fifty Two, yeah, uh, Bane was claiming the same thing that okay. he was like the bastard <laughs> child of Thomas Wayne. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, just, all right. Okay, cool. Is this like the new thing? Like every like five or six years, Bruce Wayne's gonna find out like some distant, you know, long lost sibling. Thomas was a pimp, apparently. <laughs> but well, uh, <laughs> I don't want to comment on that necessarily. In case we dive into the kind of what's going on in the Batman comics nowadays. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> yeah, according to villains, at least he was quite the player. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that character, I just think that whole uh, Batman Eternal story arc, uh, I don't know if you ever read that comic. It was like the one where they released an issue every week. I gave up quickly. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of tough to get through some parts because it just didn't feel cohesive. Mm-hmm. And obviously because, you know, I think each week was like a different writer and a yeah, different artist. Th- that was, DC was in this phase where they were like, we can do weekly comics yeah. and it's going to be super cool. And the first 
It was for one like or a two month or series two. they did yeah. were really good. Like 50, the original Fifty Two series, and mm-hmm. then um, I forget the one after that. But that was that one was better. But like it was definitely diminishing returns. Yeah. After those first ones, and I think by the time Eternal came out, I was like, I can't, I can't. I can't. Yeah, they I just did. Can't. They did Batman Eternal, and then like right on the end of that, they did Batman and Robin Eternal, another year. Yeah, they, they tried that Trinity one, and that one burned me out really fast too. Or it was like Batman, and Superman, and Wonder Woman for a yeah. weekly series for a year, and I, I got over that real fast too. Yeah, and then they had the Future's End one, which yeah, I got all of that. And spoilers for that one: nothing happens. Don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it starts. And ends in practically the same <laughs> spot. Like, don't don't even bother. I mean, other than just, like, certain cool characterizations that I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, Constantine with Superman. Like, just weird matchups. I think we just really helped DC of. sell a ton of comics. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no. So, going back, Talon, Lincoln March, that character... He was just a really cool opposition to Batman, you know? Okay. So, no, okay. That's I my like villains. It. I like it. <laughs> All right, so I got the Marvel Universe, and this was a little bit more challenging than I thought it would be because I, I, I didn't declare the rules that I kind of had in my mind to Roger, but in, in my mind, I didn't want to go... I was thinking MCU, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sure. So I didn't want to necessarily just like pull up a bunch of Spider-Man villains because yeah. at the at where we stand right now, they're separate again. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pull up a bunch of X-Men villains because they haven't been incorporated into the MCU just yet. Sure. So it's like, okay, cool. I could name Mr. Sinister or something like that, but are you know, mutants aren't part of the universe just yet. And I yeah. kind of wanted to keep it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we all know and love so well. Sure. Yeah, that works. So, with that in mind, <laughs> my first one, I do have to ask Roger okay. for a <laughs> consultation because I don't think the version that we got was worth a damn <laughs> and not very good and not very representative of what he's supposed to be. Okay. And that would be Mephisto. Oh, yeah. The cinematic devil of the Marvel Universe. Or, I'm sorry, the, the, the devil of the Marvel comic book universe. Yeah. yeah. Now, he was portrayed by Peter Fonda in the lame Nick Cage Ghost Rider film yeah. as uh, Mephi- Mephistopheles. Yes. So the name's not even right. No. So <laughs> I claim that as a technicality. Yeah. But you never see him as like the big red devil that mm-hmm. is the looming figure of, of hell in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So I want him, if Roger allows it. I, I think I'll give it to you. We're, we're going to do the technicality loophole with uh, Mephistopheles. As a yes! Name. Yes! <laughs> all right, all right. So we get, we get Mephisto, which I think is huge, especially yeah. as it seems like we're starting to play more in the magic and supernatural realm of the Marvel Universe going forward. Yeah. The new Doctor Strange is coming. Blade's coming back. Sure. The devil, the devil could be a big deal. Yeah, and that'd be cool. There's a new Ghost Rider series coming, too. There you go. So there could be a, a cool version of Mephisto actually showing up. Yeah. I'd actually like to see it. All right. So I got that one. Let me make a note that I got that one. <laughs> Add that to the checklist. Well, I had a bunch of, uh, a bunch of um, backups just in case. You know, oh, okay. Like, I, I ran. I ran. This list got a little out of control. Where I was like, okay, let me see here what I can get away with and what I can't. Yeah, I'd be sure I had some backups too, but uh, I'll, I'll we'll go into those later. All right, so that's five. Now at number four, this one's probably coming sooner than we think. Okay, but I'm gonna put him because he could go either way: hero, villain. Who knows? Okay, okay. For his debut debut appearance in the Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe, it has to be as a villain. 
Sure. It has to be as the bad guy. I want Namar. Okay. I want the Submariner. <laughs> yeah. And I want him, uh, the King of Atlantis, in conflict with whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rumors are Black Panther, but if it's just him showing up in New York trying to sink the place, that's cool, too. I don't care. Yeah, just sink anything. Really. Sink anything. That'll sink it cool. all. Yeah, we need some destruction. Yeah. So I want Namar as a bad guy, at least in his debut. You can turn him into a hero later or a misunderstood villain, whatever you want to do. But <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> because he's such a prick, yeah. he has to be the bad guy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give him that one. Actually, I had some issues with that because there are certain characters that I had as my backups that were bad and became good or were kind of fluctuating. So we'll, we'll go into those later. But. Yeah, Namor, Namor's always <clears throat> kind of like been on the line there. Like sometimes he's on the side of good, but a lot of times he's on the side of like himself and, sure. like, you know... So you, you can definitely call me out on that. Nah, I, I think it's fine. All right. As long Fair as enough. he starts off bad. As long as he starts off bad. He's got to yeah. do bad things. And then, sure. like, then you do his, like, redemption arc or whatever. <laughs> I like it. All right. So that's four. Four. Number three. I'm deciding on the spot. Like I said, <laughs> I have some alternates. Sure. It's a big decision. It is. It's top three. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best direction for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to go in. That's true. That That's a lot of weight on your shoulders. It is. It really is. Because, like, right now, I don't have a Daredevil. That's true. That exists in the Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So this one villain doesn't make a lot of sense. Which is why I think I'm going to have to defer to Morgan Le Fay. Okay. The evil sorceress who has befuddled the Avengers on multiple occasions. Interesting. She's yeah. a cool one. She's in conflict with Merlin. Mm. There's a lot of like fun time travel stuff, you know, where the Avengers <laughs> become like nice at the round table. Mm. Yeah. Really good stuff. I I think that's a, a solid pick. You can have a really fun adventure movie with her as as your as your villain. Mm-hmm. And you can incorporate a lot more of Avengers comic book mythology with her. Yeah. Because you can get into some... You know, we know Black Knight's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Knight's got a, a connection to Merlin, to Morgan Le Fay. There's a lot of stuff to play around with. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Morgan Le Fay. Plus, we have that, that gives us a nice female villain, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's a name I have not heard in many years. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen her do anything super cool in the comics, but she's badass. <laughs> nice. All right, so that's, that's my number three. Yeah. Number two. Give me Annihilus. <laughs> because Annihilus is awesome. Nice. He might look like a big giant fucking cricket or something like that, <laughs> but he kills everybody. And he's a great villain for like the Guardians of the Galaxy to run up against. Mm-hmm. Um, he's all about the conquest, the conquering, all that good stuff. And he's kind of a badass. Yeah. Oh, I love I love Annihilus. He has a, he has a really great look in the comic books. I'll post mm-hmm. pictures up on on Instagram uh, for anybody who's not familiar. Yeah, but no, they need to see him. I'm stoked on Annihilus. <laughs> I think Annihilus will be dope in the movie. He'll and be looks so like good. That. Yeah, I mean, it's in the name. He's kind of cool. <laughs> he annihilates. That's what he does. And number one, I think is one that we've everyone's been kind of rumoring as the, like, mm-hmm. maybe a potential big bad for the next couple phases of Marvel movies. Yes. Give me Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> Kang the Conqueror. We're talking about multiverses. We're talking about multiple timelines now. Kang is the direction to go in for your main big bad of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is super cool. He has all this history and connection to the Avengers. I'm not quite sure what origin they're going with now, but he had he had connections with Stark in the past okay. and all these other things. He ties in with a lot of the characters. It depends what, what string they want to pull on the most. But Kang, 
who also has more personalities as villains in other timelines as well. Super complex. There's a lot you can do with this character. All right. So I'm going with Kang as my number one villain that the Marvel Cinematic Universe needs to have, especially, especially going forward with Avengers. All right. I like it. And that covers our villains. So is that going to be our uh, our next phase villain right here <laughs> for the MCU? I, I, I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going with yes. You I have nothing first. to contradict that, so I'm going to say yes. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Breaking news. We got uh, it. All right, now let me let me defer to you on this. Do okay. you want me to do my heroes first, and you you'll close us out, or do you want to go back to you? Uh, let's go back to me, and then at the end we'll kind of talk about the ones that we were kind of in limbo on. That sounds good. That sounds real All good. Right. All right, Roger. Who are your heroes? All right, so starting with the top five. This one, <clears throat> well, it's might be slightly cheating. Um, <laughs> well, you let me get away with a few, so, yeah, maybe, so, maybe so I might owe one, you one or two here. This this one might ne- might need a uh, a call here. I'm going with Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we haven't seen Nightwing yet. Okay. In okay. Any medium. Um, obviously, we have the Titans interpretation of Dick Grayson. He is currently no longer Robin. But he's not yet Nightwing. But he's not yet Nightwing. So that's kind of a little bit of a cop out because we know it's coming. He Do will. we? Well, I would. I think it would be a shame if it didn't happen. <laughs> well, for for as of this recording, yes, you're in the clear. Yeah, you get Nightwing. As of now, I get Nightwing, which you know has always been one of my favorite DC heroes of all time. Um, that's a topic for another episode. Because yeah. no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all we'll right, have to go head to head on this one. <laughs> All right, so... The great Nightwing debate, coming soon. (laughs) So, yeah, Nightwing's my number five. Easy choice, because he's probably already coming. Okay, okay. Number four is... Might sound like a repeat, but it's not. (laughs) It's Talon, but the Calvin Rose interpretation. This was the uh, short-lived New 52 series. I think it only had, like, two trades. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, because I think I have, like, the first... Four or five issues of it. Yeah, it didn't last very long. I, I don't think it was very well received, but honestly, I liked the idea of the character. Now, for those who don't know much about the Court of the Owls, the way they work is that they kind of they they recruit like young kids, orphan kids, and kind of like train them from childhood into adulthood to become assassins, you know. And they they go through a process where they get this like weird stuff injected in them to where they essentially become immortal and they can uh, be frozen and reawoken at a future date. So Calvin Rose, his character as a Talon from the start, you know, he never wanted to be a Talon. He was kind of, you know, not the greatest fighter or anything, but he was a master escape artist. Like he, I think, I think his background was that he just, you know, I don't know if it was like a circus type thing, kind of like Dick Grayson or something, but he was just really good at like being an escape artist. You know, that was his thing. Kind of like, you know, Mr. Miracle or something. Right, right, right. He can can break any lock kind of thing. So uh, it it was a short-lived series and, uh, you know, I I don't remember it that well, but I just remember really liking his character. And I think even in the uh, the end of Batman Eternal, he kind of pops up in one of the panels. So it's like they, they gave him a little nod there, which I was happy to see. But uh, I, I think it'd be cool to kind of see where that kind of character would go. Maybe a character, a hero that's not great 
at like fighting or combat or anything, but has a different set of skills and to see how he would use that, you know. If if I remember correctly, and I think it was in the in <clears throat> the main Court of Owls series within the Batman books, <clears throat> the 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 Snyder Capullo run. <clears throat> yeah. I think it was even revealed that Dick Grayson was on their list to be a Talon, right? He was supposed to be. Yeah, he was uh I think his grandfather was Italian, uh, William Cobb, I believe. Yeah, so there's a chance to even tie all these characters together into one thing if they really wanted to do something super cool. Yeah, if they did like a whole Court of the Owls, like, you know, movie series or something, that would be awesome. And there was, you know, talks about even a uh, a new like Arkham series video game mm-hmm. that would take place with the Court of the Owls saga. So that would be that would be an interesting one. We haven't heard anything from the developers of the Arkham Knight game or Arkham City games, so that would be kind of cool to see too. <clears throat> but uh, so we have that one. Uh, number three, a character that you may know mm-hmm. if you uh, mm-hmm. were a kid in the nineties. <laughs> it's uh, Static from Static Shock. This is the nice. Virgil Hawkins character. That one, <clears throat> I mean, he was just such a like he's such a good character. Uh, he was one of the few like new characters that they made that just really felt like his own character, but fit very well in the DC universe. You know, they had that whole uh, <clears throat> the whole arc of that like Big Bang thing or whatever happened that turned a bunch of people in the city into you know these people with powers, and for most people it corrupted them, but for him, you know, it just gave him the power to control electricity. So he pretty much became his own little vigilante with the help of his friend. And he started fighting crime. The, that's a that's a great choice. Um, some of my favorite creators uh, in comic books, like Christopher Priest and, and and people, you know, of that of that era, yeah. I suppose. <clears throat> there, Static Shock came about because these guys came together. The uh, they're African American mm-hmm. artists and, and and writers. Yeah, and they came together and went to DC in the mid 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 early to mid nineties. Yeah. And they're like, listen, we want to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And that thing became Milestone Comics. Yeah. And it was this wonderful imprint of, of DC Comics. It is set in a completely separate universe mm-hmm. where it was, you know, they, they were able to tackle race issues in a mm-hmm. totally different way. And, and, and members of the African American community were, were empowered mm-hmm. and put in these positions to be authority figures. And, and role models in a way that they weren't really given a chance to do in mainstream comics. Yeah. And Static Shocks was kind of like the Spider-Man of the Mar- Mar- of the of the Milestone universe because he yeah. was like he was like the young kid, mm-hmm. the up and comer, the the optimistic youth, the one who wasn't beaten down by the racism of the world and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, they Static Shock was so popular that they they a they made gave him a cartoon. Yeah. But then they incorporated him into the main DC universe. Yeah, he ended up being in some of the Justice League cartoons. Yeah, he's on young uh, he's on Young Justice now. Yeah, also, it, so. a, a character that has uh, transgressed from <clears throat> from his like humble origins as a, as a character yeah. from Imprint Comic into you know mainstream DC universe hero. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I think it's yeah. a great pick. Yeah, I think it's a it's a cool one, and I think. I don't know if they would do it, but I think it would be a really cool in on like Black Lightning or something. I think it would be easy to just kind of add him. I in think there. you I think you're definitely right. Um, I I still haven't watched season two of Black Lightning, but I was really impressed with season one of that show. Yeah, and uh, that would be really cool. I think. Yeah, I think if they announced him in there, I think I would definitely jump back on the train. I like I said, I just kind of fell off for one reason or another. I fall off of so many shows, but <laughs> you know, it's Roger, just, we need to get you a seatbelt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just falling off the rides, man. <laughs> Hands and feet inside. 
But uh, yeah, I think that'd be an easy in for him. He definitely fits in that universe, and uh, it'd be cool to see him there. So that's my number three. Okay. Okay. Num- number two is one that I'm sure you'll be a fan of. It is Booster Gold. I love me some Booster Gold. <laughs> Booster Gold is such a great character. He's 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 a type of character that I really like, that I've personally had ideas of wanting to make stories based around this kind of character. Somebody who starts off wanting to be a hero and then learns how difficult things actually are, how, you know, overbearing and just crazy things can get. Booster Gold is a character that just, you know, he develops so much over the course of the series that you're just like, you really grow to love the guy at the yeah. end of it. And, I mean, to be fair, it should have been Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, but, you know, I don't want to take two spots. No, fair so. enough. Uh, but <laughs> I, I can't recommend highly enough the, the Booster Gold series that was out. It was pre-New 52. It was, it was pre-New 52. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I think this is when it was still being written by by Jeff Johns uh, with great illustrations by by the amazing Dan Jurgens. Yeah. And the it was Booster trying to do good. Yeah. He was time traveling. He was trying to like set things right in t- the timeline, but he was learning the hard lesson that there are things that you can't change. Yeah. And there's an issue where he's going back in time and he's trying to save Barbara Gordon mm-hmm. from the attack by the Joker that paralyzes her. Yeah. And every time he tries, the Joker just beats the shit out of him <laughs> mercilessly. Yeah. Oh, sometimes kills him. Yeah. And you know, and well, no, I guess he can't be killed, but yeah, yeah. just he, he fails. Mm hmm. Every time. Yeah. And it just, oh, it's so good. It's yeah. just really powerful stuff. You know, the, the hero doesn't always win. This hero can't always get his way. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to learn from the, the trials of Booster Gold in that particular mm-hmm. series. Yeah, definitely. And that's a series that I would definitely love to see a new series. You know, I, I think for the new 52, they only had like one or two little you know, issue ones of like, you know, part of future's end or something. Mm-hmm. I think he was in there. I have my like future's end, uh, booster gold lenticular, you know, it's yeah. super cool. Well, I mean, when he started <clears throat> off, booster was like, was a character played for laughs. Yeah. You know, he was a guy who came back in time to profit, Yeah, you know, to make money off of being a superhero and stuff like that. And, and to see the way he's kind of evolved over the years, yeah. uh, I think it's been really, really cool. And you know, there, there've been, it's, you know, it's major, it's, you know, it's big time corporate, companies yeah. that have published comic books nowadays. Yep, yep. You know, so there, there have been some missteps with a lot of characters. But mm-hmm. Booster Gold, you know, he's been, a, I think he's still on a bit of an upward tra- trajectory as far as that goes. Yeah, I hope and so. I, I love that. And, the, you know, the rumors of, of, of uh, Alan Tudyk and, and, and mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion as, as Blue Beetle are still, <sighs> still fill my heart with joy, even though I'm sure it'll never happen now. Oh, that would be so great, though. But how this character's never been on Legends of Tomorrow blows my mind. That's, yeah, I... I thought for sure by now. Yeah. Like I was like, I okay, not in season one, season two for sure. We're yeah. in like what? Season three, four now. And I, like, the only thing I can hope is like, maybe this will be like one of the surprise characters that shows up in crisis. Ooh, that would be, that would be crazy. Oh, fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> We'd All like right, to buddy. see that one. All right. I, sorry. We took a big, big booster gold yeah. uh, segue there, but go ahead. <laughs> what do you got next? And the number one hero I'd like to see, we talked about it before when we were talking about crisis, Batman beyond, Terry McGinnis. That's so funny you picked that. <laughs> That's so funny you picked that. And I'll tell you why. You'll see why in a minute. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So I, lo- I love that character. I'm with you 100%. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, remembering the cartoon series. Actually, on DC Universe, I think they just uh, HD remastered it. 
it's coming out in October on yeah. Blu-ray and everything. Yeah, so that's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see. Uh, I'm gonna have to definitely go back and watch that. They've um, been they've been uh, releasing pics on in uh, on their Instagram of the original yeah copy versus the new yeah the new Ooh, that new looks good yeah it looks so great and like you look at it and you're like wait this isn't how it always looked you know <laughs> like your mind fills in the blanks it really know? does it really so does you see that and you don't even remember how fuzzy and crappy it used to look <laughs> i mean crappy in the terms of quality not, and yeah, not I art mean, style of it's course. a product of its era i mean you sure technology is advanced what are, you, what are you gonna do yeah yeah but it's like yeah terry mcginnis he he's just such like a, a unique character you know he was you know his own part you know, smarmy, wise ass, but at the same time, lovable and, you know, had a good heart. He he was just such a great character. You know, he wasn't, you know, too much Dick Grayson. He wasn't too much Bruce. He was his own Batman, you know? Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was, he always had a great characterization and I'd love to see. Well, and I love Bruce as the the mentor character. Oh yeah. You know, he like, (laughs) he's just old and bitter and broken down and like, mm-hmm. but you know like if he wasn't broken down he'd still be doing it yeah yeah that i mean that first episode of batman beyond where like he's basically an old man just like yeah. trying to still do the thing and he's like oh i'm getting too old for this plus you know? plus you get ace the bat hound i mean oh, come yeah. on it's so yeah, good it's too good it's so good i loved it great so, call uh, great call yeah, roger definitely the number one there so that's my top five heroes we need to see live action dc hope you're listening <laughs> I'm sure they're paying lots of attention. Our tens of list uh, of our tens of listeners, I think DC is one of them. They have to be at this point, right? I hope so. <laughs> All right, what do we got in yours? All right, back to the MCU. The real reason people are here, <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right, again, I have to come to you. Yeah. With with a listen, if you want to shut me down on this. <laughs> You can shut me down on this because technically this character was done okay. on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In season one, they might have shut him in season two. But to me, in my mind, they have never done it correctly. <laughs> but if you want to say no, they did it close enough, I get it. Okay. I want Deathlock. Deathlock. Deathlock, cyborg soldier from the future who comes back in time to prevent... The dark future that he's from. That's not what they did on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, what did they do on that one? I didn't even They just kind of made a cyborg super soldier person. Okay. Yeah, if, if they just use the name without the origin, it's uh, it's merely an homage. So it's not I the agree that it's an homage. I, I want that. He's kind of got like a Terminator vibe to him. Yeah, like that, yeah. But he's like, he's like a mix of... Of the Michael Bean character from Terminator and the T-800, you know? He's kind of like both of them fused together. He's coming back to save the day to prevent his dark, horrible world from coming to being. Which, a lot of Marvel characters have that theme, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Cable, I'm looking at you, buddy. Yes. But I I think a, a rad version of Deathlock exists if Marvel wants to do it. And since... Since Marvel's basically disavowed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's so weird, right? I mean, basically, they've been disavowed it. Like, they've never really been like, yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah, not a It kind of sort of doesn't count. I suspect it's now part of the multiverse. Fair enough. So, okay, a loophole. But <laughs> but I do, I, when we get to the characters that we didn't mention, I will, I will tell you my alternate. Sure, yeah, we'll do that. Okay, so I do get Deathlock. That's nice. Good choice. I think it's a wise choice on your part. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. I want Kazar. 
Kazar. Kazar of the Savage Land. Let me see dinosaurs in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Let me see like a version of, you know, the Marvel Universe version of Tarzan swinging through the jungle and fighting oh, monsters and creatures that don't exist in the real world because the Savage Land is this place of, of you know, prehistoric times that exists almost out of time. Yeah. Oh, I want that so bad. Yeah, that would be that would be pterodactyl weird people. Take. I want that. You know, we need to see that in a, in a multiverse. I agree. Yes. Give they, me they just, even if just for a glimpse, I want to see a dinosaur universe. Right. Come on. Come on. <laughs> just do it. I mean, listen, <laughs> you introduce Kazar, you introduce the Savage Land, you introduce Marvel Cinematic Universe dinosaurs, and then eventually you get like Thor riding a dinosaur. I, I mean, mean, this could happen. It writes itself, people. It, come on. <laughs> this is the epitome of wish fulfillment. Yeah, that is like the most like seventies trippy painting I can imagine. Just <laughs> Thor riding a dinosaur coming down on a lightning bolt. Right? Come on. Over the rainbow bridge. Let's Hell make yeah. it happen. Let's do it. Oh, he gets his own pet dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it'd be super cool. All right. The other character, number three. Three. Spider Woman. Oh, okay, okay. No connection to Peter Parker Spider Man. Not at all. Very, very different. A lot of spy stuff, espionage kind of actions here. Yeah. But uh, that character is awesome. Yeah. I love that character. Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. An incredible costume visually. A lot of red and yellow red going and on yellow, there yeah. with the flowy black hair coming through the top of the costume. Yeah. She's awesome. She's badass. Doesn't take shit from anybody. <laughs> A perfect character to become part of the MCU, especially with... Uh, Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel character, mm-hmm. which in the comics they're best friends. Oh, well, so it stands to reason go. that that would be a super cool friendship to have in the movies as well. That'd be a perfect in. And she's badass. Yeah. Great character. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Give me that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, my next choice for number two. All right. I suspect this character's coming. Okay. I suspect Spider Woman's coming too, but I definitely suspect this next character is on the way. Alright. Basically, they've teased this character since Guardians 1. Mm. And I want the legit, the real, Richard Ryder, Nova. Nova, Give me Nova. Flying around the human rocket. I want all that cool stuff ASAP. Yeah, yeah. Give me that badass costume with the starbursts on the... Oh, come on. I totally thought they were going to have them in there. Like, I thought, you know, they made reference to the whole Nova Corps. Yeah, you get all the Nova Corps stuff, but the Nova Corps is basically like space cops. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, this is easy how they're going to get Nova in there. Yeah, but they haven't done it. They haven't touched it. No. Maybe it's coming in Guardians 3. Maybe it'll be down the road with Eternals or something like that. I The character's got to be on the cusp. Like, yeah. they, I, they, they, I, I suspect they're just trying to figure out which version of the character to use because... Uh, you know, Richard Ryder is still around in the Marvel comics, but they have a, a, another younger version hmm. that's kind of like a Spider-Man-esque version, I suppose, of the character. You know, young, yeah. entry point kind of character. You, you, I don't know what they're going to do. I love Richard Ryder, but I love the other, I really enjoy the other Nova, too, the young Nova who doesn't know any yeah. better. And he yeah. gets into foolish escapades. Yeah, either way. I but mean, give me Nova. Yeah, we need The power Nova. set's cool. It would look yeah. really good in the movies. Yes. And, you know, obviously we're, 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 we're doing... Um, we're doing a lot of cosmic stuff going forward, it looks like. We're, you know, it looks like a lot of the Marvel Universe is going to be in space. <laughs> Nova's got to be on the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious as to how like future battles are going to be. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of space battles. I think like, you're just right. Just a lot of people floating around in space. And Nova would be dope in a space battle. Oh, yes. Nova on one side, Captain Marvel on the other. 
Watch out, villains. Blowing shit up. Blowing shit up. Annihilus, <laughs> run. Run! <laughs> All right. All right. My number one choice. The only time I cheated on my own rules. <laughs> because I suspect they can't use this character because of the deal with Sony. Oh. Okay. But I don't care. Make it happen. Give me Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> we got teased with Spider-Man yes. 2099 in, in uh, Into the Multiverse. Okay. Yeah, I want Miguel true. O'Hara Spider-Man with that cool Death's Head costume and the, yes. and the webbing behind him. <laughs> oh, I love that fucking costume so much. I love that character so much. Give me that movie. Give me that movie. I'm a, like I said, I assume that Sony has the rights to that character as part of like the Spider-Man deal. But if not, so. that's your Spider-Man. <laughs> That's your Spider-Man! Just bring him from the future. You have multiple timelines. You have futures. You have multiverses now. Now's the time. Seize the day! (laughs) I love it. So we both chose the futuristic version. I love (laughs) it. Exactly. That's great. That's too good. Kind of on the same page there, Raj. All right. We're feeling it. (laughs) All right. So that was our, our top five heroes and villains from the DC and the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we want to see brought to life soon. Yeah. I'm sure Kevin Feige's listening right now. Again, one of the tens of listeners that we have. Yeah. Big fan. I think he's number nine. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get on initially, but yeah, he's been, it took a little time to win him over. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for his Patreon. Dollar. He said I'm very controversial. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I understand. Yeah. I drop a lot of F-bombs. It happens. Roger, what were some of the characters you had that didn't make the cut? All right. So I actually had like a whole separate kind of anti-hero list <laughs> where I was like, I couldn't really fit him into either category. And I'm like, well, if I do go about this route, I'll at least have some backups if I need them. So the first one, Azrael. Oh, I love Azrael. Yeah. So Especially the John Powell Valley John Powell Valley version. Jesus. Very French for it. <laughs> Jean Paul. Yeah, but no, it was definitely I mean, I feel like his his character just especially in the whole Nightfall series. Oh, did, yeah. Yeah, didn't really follow too much, uh, like, a really good or bad path. I mean, if you know anything about his history and where he comes from, you know, the the Order of St. Dumas, and, you know, just being the uh, pretty much trained to do their bidding as an assassin, more or less, you know, that that's kind of like the, the Azrael mantle. Um was one thing, but you know, doing the uh, then the whole Nightfall series, just becoming that secondary version of Batman. Well, yeah. you know, Bane had broken his back, so he's like, "Oh, I got this." You know, I'll be Batman for a while. So, I think that'd be really cool to see just that characterization. Um, another obvious one that we haven't seen yet that we also might see on Titans is Red Hood. Again, another <laughs> another maybe not so. Uh, obvious choice as to whether to put him in heroes or villains he definitely started off as a villain because he's trying to get revenge at batman for basically not saving him or not killing joker interesting choice interesting choice so i do like me some red hood um definitely definitely a fun character in my opinion i still i still love the under the red hood animated movie i think i jensen ackles from supernatural i liked it uh i know it it was uh it was fine i saw that one it was fine yeah it didn't get like huge accolades with people you know you had a a different voice actor um doing batman in that one than i think we had seen in anything else but it did have nph as nightwing so that was interesting (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about nph as nightwing you're right so we had that also number three this one technically we had seen it but not really it's the Spectre. Particularly the Spectre would have been on my list. Jim Corrigan. With where did we see the Spectre? 
Jim Corrigan was introduced in Constantine. You're right. But you're right. Yes, yeah. he was in the Constantine. And I was oh, so God. excited for that. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, they're gonna have the Spectre. Because there's that part where John sees his future. Yeah, and, and then it was he so just cool. Sees that, like aura, just the aura on him. Yeah, yeah. that like, was oh badass. My God, it was the Spectre. So, you're right. I lost my shit during that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably one of the best things. I'm like, oh my God, they're bringing in Corrigan. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, I totally blanked on the Constantine series. Good call. Yeah, that one. So that's why, like, I technically wouldn't have counted it because we have technically seen him for a scene. But uh, yeah, it was I might just, have just slide it just because I'm, I'm such a big fucking yeah. fan of the Spectre. Uh, I don't know if you ever read the uh, the Gotham by Midnight series. It was like a it was a short run. It was a short run. It didn't last very long. Did yeah, it? but it was super good. I really liked it. The the art style was super weird, um, but it was really good stuff. I would definitely recommend it. Jim Corrigan is like the the lead detective in Gotham for that so it's he, you'll have to go through the DC Universe app uh, but I, I suspect you'll be able, to be able to find uh, the series that I I grew up and fell in love with the Spectre with which mm-hmm. was um, it was written by John Ostrander art by Tom Mandrake and it went for like 60 something issues yeah and it was just just mind blowing I mean like yeah. it, especially for uh, someone who was like in their early to mid teens mm-hmm. It was it, it 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 should have been a Vertigo book because yeah. it was dealing with like very adult subjects. But yeah. the, the way sp- the Spectre deals out vengeance is so badass. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's good. That's crazy. a great call. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that we got to see Ragman before we saw the Spectre. <laughs> it is, <laughs> which, which is pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, you know, we'll take what we can get. And my last one of my backups was Batman, Thomas Wayne. As in the Flashpoint Batman. The Flashpoint Batman, who's currently wrecking havoc in the comic books right now, actually. Yeah. Spoilers. So, yeah, so that one that one would have been cool to see. Uh, I know there was rumors that the Flash movie was supposed to be Flashpoint, mm-hmm. but now it's not Flashpoint. I don't think that Flash movie's ever happening. I'm not even that worried about it. You know, Ezra Miller keeps saying, yeah, no, it's happened. We're working on it. Ezra Miller's going to be 45 years old soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the time they put that out. I think he's going to have to play Thomas Wayne. <laughs> God, or like Barry Allen's dad in jail. Something, <laughs> good Lord. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that characterization was just such a, a crazy cool take on Batman. Um, you know, there, there's a couple comic issues, or I mean, there's there's been multiple times where like, you know, Batman, Bruce, and Thomas meet each other and they just kind of have a moment yeah. where you're just like, wow, like this is this is the crazy stuff, you know. But nice. um, that, that's that nice. comic book moment that, that you kind of live to see. You know? Very cool. No, so, I'm yeah, a fan that's, of that. That's, those are my, my backup choices there. Nice. What do you it, got? Well, all right. My backup choices, I had a couple of villains that didn't make the cut. Uh, mostly because two of them I'm pretty sure are coming down the road. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the one I wanted, but because I don't have a daredevil, I decided mm. I don't know if I have anyone for him to fight, really. It's uh, the owl. Oh, okay. Who's a great crime boss? Yes. But he just happens to kind of resemble an owl. He's kind of like he's kind of like the penguin in that regard. He's okay. not actually an owl. Mm-hmm. He just kind of looks like one. Okay. But yeah. he's great, sadistic, fucking creepy and weird at the same time. <laughs> we like that. Great villain. But you need a, you need a daredevil esque character to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, I also had Puppet Master and Mole Man for villains, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm sure Fantastic Four is coming, so we'll probably <laughs> get these characters. That'll be interesting. And then, just because obviously I have a thing for giant monsters with, with my dinosaur <laughs> rant, yes. Uh, give me Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> because Deep why not? Cut. Yeah. yeah, why not? Let's just do a little Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> and then my backup heroes. Uh, if you didn't let me have Deathlock, 
Now, I kind of sort of did something different than what you do. You know, when you pick the uh, the crime syndicate, the injustice okay. in, in the Injustice League, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I took one of Marvel's super teams that I thought would be fun as a overall property to do, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take this one character and make him the entry point, and then they can spin the rest of the characters around him for the the movie. Okay. Uh, do you remember the comic book uh, New Warriors? No, I don't think so. I'm taking Night Thrasher from New Warriors. As like the entry point character, he, uh, there's a lot of possibility to take that to take that character as someone kind of inspired by Black Panther, mm. you know. And it's like, you know what I'm gonna do? What he's doing? I'm gonna defend my country, which is like the three blocks I live on or whatever. <laughs> and the Night Thrasher would be huge. I think he'd be great. That's and then cool. you then you spin out and then you do the whole new uh, New Warriors film, mm. which is like the team with like Speedball and Injustice and all these other guys and <laughs> Firestar awesome. and all that shit. Sounds fun. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Uh, the other character I had. I took her off the list because I was like, well, I guess technically she falls in the Spider-Man menu, so she might be in... You're more likely to run into this character in the Spider-Man universe movies than you are in yeah. the MCU, and that's Silver Sable. Okay, thought yeah. that'd be a fun movie. She's like the princess of some small country, but she's mm-hmm. also like a leader of a Merc team. Yeah. I was like, that'd be a she, fun comic. She was a cool I'd watch that movie. I think I had her in like a little playing card or something mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, an obscure choice All right. that... I think I might be the only guy who wants to see, <laughs> especially in light that you know DC kind of keeps bringing back Swamp Thing to a certain extent. But give me my Man Thing man movie. Thing. I okay. want Man Thing. <laughs> Let's do some Man Thing in this action. Oh man, it's so funny just to see like how one to one some of these characters are. Like they're not oh, even yeah. trying to hide. Well, Man Thing is different enough. You know, it, he's not like the Avatar of Earth or anything. Like no, that. no, no, Swamp no. Thing is, but just like definitely, and like the way you know, he the can like set people on fire is pretty badass. That is a good power. So to have. you could do some really creepy shit with him, and I, you know that may be a character they get to down the road with some of this supernatural. more supernatural stuff they're exploring. I, I really like the direction of the supernatural. It opens up a lot of doors for us. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Another character I had, Union Jack, mm. kind of like a British secret agent-y kind of superhero-y guy. Yeah, the uh, the analog of Captain America, basically. Is he, though? He kind of is, but he's not quite. Uh, I guess he's as close as you get, right? I because guess. I think the more analog is my next character, Captain Britain. Mm. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. But Captain Britain is... I feel like he's an analog in name alone. Sure. And possibly in, like, moral compass capabilities. Yeah. But, I mean, Captain Britain is, is empowered by the magic of Merlin. Okay. As the defender of the of the British Isles and stuff like that. <laughs> but... I love it. Now that you have the X-Men universe back, yeah. you can do a kick-ass Excalibur comic, which, Ooh. when I was growing up, Excalibur was kind of like, like the bastard child X-Men comic because yeah. it was, like, less about mutants and more about, like, magic and crazy multiverses, multidimensional adventures. You know. When I was in, in like the '90s and like the early 2000s, it was Captain Britain, and you had Nightcrawler and Kitty Pride, and you had uh, Lockheed the Dragon, the mini dragon. <laughs> he's like he's like this little big. He'd sit on Kitty Pride's shoulder. That's right. I remember that. Captain Britain, I think, lends to a lot of like really fun things personally, and yeah. it, 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 and with the with the with what little we know about the future of the MCU, mm-hmm. a character like Captain Britain could come in kind of handy. It'd be interesting to see him there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean. It, with the MCU in particular, I feel like we're going to see all these characters at the rate they're churning them out. I feel like we almost have to. Otherwise, you know, we're going to run out of characters. Uh, well, I mean, they'll never <laughs> run out of characters. They'll just pick more and more obscure ones to use. But, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. we're still doing well so far. I think There's so. still a lot of uh, diversity out there and, and more options to explore. 
But I'm excited. The future for both places, I think, is good if DC can get their shit together. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain avenues where they're doing all right and other ones where uh, they definitely could use some work. But uh, wow, we got to stay optimistic. Do you happen to know, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. That was my... Um, but is, is is the DC Universe app still going ahead with that Stargirl show they were talking about? Is that still coming? Oh, you know what? I haven't heard anything. I think the last thing I heard that it might be kind of on the postponed or hiatus as, I'm, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But that would have been a cool show because that's a character I enjoy. And you get a connection to her legacy with Starman mm-hmm. and those characters and stuff like that, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I think the, I want to say that I read something that it was kind of... I don't. I don't know if it's canceled, but for now, it's not happening. I'll hit the Google machines later. Yeah, see if we can figure it out. Yeah. I think Roger. I think. I think uh, we we finished our list. Yeah. Hopefully, people liked it. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see some of them that maybe we missed on our list. Oh, well, there's definitely some we missed. I'm sure of that. Oh, there, there's hundreds probably. But and like I said, I definitely limited myself by not picking mutants mm-hmm. and not picking, you know, characters from the Spider-Man universe except yeah. for one. That I'm madly in love with. <laughs> we, we let one slide. <laughs> one <But> pass. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll get some feedback, maybe. Yeah. Or at least, you know, one person will tell us. Somebody say something, please. Somebody please tell us. Just let us know. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we suck. Tell us our list blows. <laughs> it's better than nothing, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now, I'm sure they have something to say. Yes. Roger, what can these good people do for us if they like our show so much? You know, we do have a Patreon. We do. But if you don't want to do that, we you can also write us a five-star review. Those are helpful. Yeah, we like those too. You know, small podcasts like this show, somehow, they can get lost in the shuffle in this crazy podcast world where everybody has at least three podcasts, I think. At least. So reviews go a long way to helping us uh, get the word out there that we are a quality product and worth listening to. Yeah. So again, you can follow us along. At, you can follow the show along at Tomcast underscore Popcast on Twitter and at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram. Roger is the Exomega Gold on yes. both those platforms. All the platforms. He's more streamlined than I am. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but that's that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back very soon. Ciao, babes. Engage. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! With a Stanley Cup champion!